Hey, everybody, on this episode of Box Office Breakdown, uh, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy tried to throw the kitchen sink at the Rock and Jason Statham. Did she do it or did she strike out? We're going to break it down next. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movie. Hey, everybody, welcome to Box Office Breakdown. Yes. Of course, this is a show where we look back at the box office that was, and then we... Prague. Stay. Kate. Sorry, I was a little... (laughs) The look of fear in my eyes. If you would have seen that, it was like, I'm all alone on this. Nobody here. Uh, About the box office that lie ahead. I am Frank Moran. I am Amy Cassandra Martinez. And making us look good and sound even better <laughs> is Bree in the booth. Hey, everybody. Oh, oh yes. Woo! So, of course, we're going to look back at this weekend's box office. We're and gonna... prognosticate. We already said that. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to do some spoiler-filled takes at the end of the show, some movies that we've seen, including The Kitchen, Lion King. I have people, many people have seen Lion King, so it's not really needed to have a spoiler-filled take. I think we can. We can yeah. always talk more about Lion King. For sure. But we'll be doing can that at we? the end of the show. <laughs> we... I'll have very brief things to say about that, that movie. <laughs> but we'll be doing those at the end of the show. So if you haven't seen those films and you don't want to be spoiled, we'll give you an opportunity to jump out. Mm-hmm. Yes, but before we go any further, let's just jump right into it. There you go. Look at this. Yeah, Neil Plumley. You know, somewhere he's Aww. just uh, he's, he's feeling a little a little sad now. Yeah. I mean, he gave me, I was going to say all his powers, but. I did. I saw the transference. He gave me some of his powers. <laughs> just some. I've got the power. Uh, oh, I'm going to hear that song. Yep. Yep. Uh, coming in number one again for a second week in a row is uh, Hobbs and Shaw, another extension of the Fast and Furious franchise, with another $25.4 million. Good chunk of change. Yes. Chunk of change. Now, you did uh-huh. not see it last week because you didn't care yeah. about seeing, you know, being a part of the pop culture zeitgeist. Yeah. Did you take time to see it this week? No. All right. All right. But, uh, there you go. I did see something else that you did not mention at the top of the show. But well, once we get there, I'll say, hey, I saw it. Great, great. Cool. I can't wait. I, I wonder what it could be. Mm. Mm. You guys guess. Guess in the chat because I'm there right now. Join Let's, us. There, there you go. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's right, folks. You know what they can do? <laughs> That's I right. I to tell you because, you know, you know, this is an interactive show. It's not just so Amy and I and Bree just hanging out talking about movies. We need your help as well. Yeah. So, as always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, of course, the chat's up and running. So, when you're on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hop in the chat, share your thoughts, like all these great people are doing already. I like the way that those thumbs kind of just back, right? back it on up, back it on up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, back to our top five. Look at that. Look at those handsome gentlemen right wow. there that we put up. My there you goodness. Go. Power rank those guys real quick right now. One, two, three, in terms of just uh, okay. a sex appeal. No, I got it. I got it. Got uh, it just Elba, The Rock, and Jason Statham. You know what? I I can't disagree with you on that. Yeah. No. What? I can't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to go with Easy. that ranking as well. Uh, coming in number two, back to our top five of the box office here. Scary stories to tell in the dark from Lionsgate. Uh, overperformed, I think, from what initial predictions were. $20.8 million. And I would like to um, say that I think I helped with that because I went to go see it. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought I had heard mostly positive, And then I saw, <laughs> I saw a friend of mine today. I talked to him. He goes, I saw it. That movie's for kids. I'm like, but yeah, it, it is because it's based from young adult works. Yeah. So, but for you, did you enjoy it? Yes. There were certain, like, it's, uh, 
there's a certain connotation when you say like, yeah, it's it's for kids. It can still be really good and still be aimed at kids. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, there was um, some moments where I was like, all right, like I'm not scared. But there was there were several moments where I was like, oh my gosh, that is so disgusting. It gave me, mm, it gave me some flashbacks to the Mummy, which is weird, and I'm not going to say too much about that. But you know, just like the ugh, heebie-jeebies. Which one, the Brendan Fraser or the Tom Cruise version, or Boris Karloff? Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Got yeah, it. yeah. There's a reason why I've never seen that first Mummy again. And lots of creepy moments. Okay. Um, there's also this wonderful scene in Scary Stories that you're not sure if you're, like, I don't know, if you like the character or if you're creeped out by it. But then by the end of that scene, you're like, yeah, no, I'm totally, I'm scared. This is really suffocating. And then stuff happens, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's certainly, it, it's a ride. Nice. It's right. I'm really right. trying to not get any spoilers, nothing that will ever, like, yeah. I think everyone should see it, because it's never too early to get into the Halloween spirit. Um, okay. I mean, it's really only, like, two months away. So, <laughs> I'm already, I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, next month we'll have all the pumpkin spice stuff, so. Exactly. So, it's basically here. Yeah. We're on time. So Start you, watching them now. You may as well just dress in a costume tomorrow when you go to work. Okay. For school. Just sure. dress in a costume. Or if you're just at home. Yeah, just yeah. put on your costume. There yeah. you go. Answer the door. It won't be weird at all. <laughs> Hi, kids. Would you like some candy? Sure. <laughs> now, had you read the original novels? No. No, which I would say makes it even more exciting. But also, if you have read the novels, because I know like some people did and went to go see it, you know what to expect. So the suspense is kind of there still, but it's like, <gasps> how are they going to show it? And yeah, how are people going to react? Right. Yeah, I think everyone did a really good job. Interesting. It's gross. Mm. All right, I'm it, it kind of curious to go check it out. Yeah. Uh, coming in number three is The Lion King from Disney, holding strong with another $20 million. Just uh, almost over to Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, but not yeah. quite. Uh, uh, I did finally get a chance to go see that movie. Bree's favorite one of the year, for sure. Yes. So I'm so glad you guys have that to share. Well, I mean, I know she's starting up that Billy Eichner fan club. For, she loves for, him so much. <laughs> First work is Timon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I watched that movie and I was just, I felt underwhelmed the entire time. Yeah. Ironically, I feel like I liked it better than you, Amy. Really? Yeah, because you like didn't seem to like it at all. I love Billy Eichner as Timon. Yeah, but so Billy Eichner, but the movie. The through line, that was the only thing that kept me going. So he was the highlight. Like, and he was such a highlight that I was like, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, you might be right. I don't. They're, like, they're, I, th- I think I liked the movie better. You just liked Billy Eichner better. That's I think what what we did. Maybe yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna go like see it again to really understand my feelings about it. Like I'm okay with that. You know. Yeah. You know, uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah. You know, and I've talked about this before, where it's like, yeah, I want to see what's next from Seth because, and I feel like it's as soon as I hear Seth Rogen's laugh, I'm just like, not ah, Seth Rogen. Oh. You know, it's like I can't I can't see him as as Pumbaa. Or when, he, really? nah, or when he plays the character that he does in how to, uh, Kung Fu Panda, and he's got this Seth Rogen laugh. So it's just like, okay. It just it just instantly takes you out of like, you're just like, no, this is just Seth Rogen. So what you're saying is you want to see Seth Rogen and stuff, but you just don't want to hear him laugh. You don't want him to be happy. You know, if you're an actor and yeah. you're going to be a, vo- a voiceover artist, yeah. then you should be able to have a wider range in your in of your voices. Belt. Or, yes, I mean, you should be able to laugh as different characters, right? 
I wonder if this is this is um, our issue with the Lion King uh, live action that you know with Billy Eichner. He sounded a lot like Billy Eichner, being Billy Eichner. Some people did not like it. Others loved it. Um, Seth Rogen as Pumbaa really sounded like Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. Yeah. Um, I liked it because it made sense. But it sounds like you don't because you heard Seth Rogen. Only Seth Rogen. So that would be something that maybe casting directors in the future you would like to take into account. Maybe we don't like it. <laughs> Not sure how other people out there feel about it. If you hear their voice and you can't like separate it, or if you like that they sound exactly like themselves and they are kind of themselves in these characters, if that makes you like it more. You know, I kind of equate this to when you see your first uh, Broadway musical. Okay. And that performance that you see is the one that gets locked into your head. Yeah. So that any other time that you see it, you're always constantly comparing it to that version, and you're finding... You can't help but point out, I mean, sometimes you get pleasantly surprised or it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. But if in your head you're always thinking and you're always singing along to that style of uh, the music and the pacing and the way that it was performed from that original musical that you saw. And so I felt like yeah. with Lion King, I saw this, so every scene I was compared, in my head, I'm, re- I'm reliving the, the, the animated film. And in terms of pacing, the way that the music uh, accentuated the action, I just felt that this live this live-esque reinterpretation of it Mm -hmm. just it never quite lived up to it i just like for the uh, other stampede sequence like that's a hans zimmer music is pumping in for the animated film and it is just paced so well the music is really just brings it to life yeah and i just felt for this sequence it just never quite clicked yeah there are certain things that just they don't have that feeling and it's kind of hard to describe um i would say heck even if you have the same people like, if you go to a concert and you've heard the singer sing it a certain way, sing a song a certain way, and then they change it, you're like, no, but I've practiced it this way. So it's even more complicated if it is the same person, so I can only imagine just how difficult it is just for us as consumers watching these things that it's not even the same person, um, except except for James Earl Jones. That's true. Um, but even then, that felt different. Do you think, though, that the kids going to watch it are fine? Are gonna be fine with it because this will be like they're like we have the nostalgia factor, yeah. but yeah. they don't. So, do you think that they will uh, will love this movie and it'll be their Lion King? It, you know, it could be. It would be interesting to have to take a child that it would see this first and then show them the, the animated film and see if which one they prefer in that, that respect. I don't know because I, I know I, I took yeah. my daughter. She had seen the the animated version. She watches. She she still liked it, but. I mean, again, Which one she, does she like more? She doesn't have any taste, so she doesn't know any better. I mean, I'm pretty sure she has better taste than you. So. <laughs> oh, I, you know. Oh. So I, I, I mean, if I put both of those next to her, I don't know which one she'd go for yet. You should ask. I never want to watch. Come this. back next week with the answer. Frank. <gasps> yeah, Great. I don't want to see this live action one again. I'm fine. Once oh. was enough. <laughs> People in the chat are saying Neil Hutchinson is saying I prefer Nathan Lane as an actor. Uh, Neela J says Billy and Seth are both what I think um, Timon and Pumbaa are supposed to sound like. So, oh, and she also said, uh, Seth can't sing, though, so they shouldn't have even let him sing at all. Yeah, that part was... Yeah, you were like John something. Oliver. And I enjoy John Oliver. Oh, he's... As a comedian, as a yeah, performer, yeah, yeah. I enjoy his HBO show. But when he tries to sing, I just can't wait to be king, man, it was rough. It was just like, he was just basically like speak singing. And yeah. it was not great. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm, I don't remember that part. <laughs> you should not dwell on it. So for me, it was a uh, underwhelming experience. Out of five stars, what would you give it? I'd give it. I'd give it a one. <gasps>
Yeah. It's just not, you know, it's, it, there's no reason for it to exist. Ah. There, wow. Yeah. I've never given a movie a one. Yeah. People got together and made it, Frank. I know, but I also see I have no reason to ever want to watch this again. All right. No. All right. Ask your daughter. Tell us. Tell us what she thinks. <laughs> sure. Oof. She has a great opinion, and I want to hear it. You're right. Yes. Okay. Uh, although she would keep counting down. Uh, so how much longer is in this movie? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no. I don't know if that's good or bad, or that she's just impatient. <laughs> uh, coming in number four is another new film to the top five this week at the box office. That was Dora and the Lost City of Gold from Paramount. $17 million straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did a little bit better, I think, than uh, initial expectations. Yeah. But still, I think it was something we talked about last year, last week, uh, in terms of who is the target audience for this. Mm-hmm. Because those that watch Amy, it... did you rush to go see it? So I rushed to go see it. Um, I know you were really excited last week when you had the opportunity to potentially bet on it, but... Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I was going to say something clever, like trying to bring Dora in, but I, something about the map. The map. I didn't have directions to get there. Map? No. Uh, no, I didn't, honestly, because I didn't have time, and I really wanted to go see Scary Stories. So, don't know if I'll see it this coming weekend, because right now it feels like they're just piling on all these movies, and I'm like, hold on. Like, I can't watch them all. So, this is not at the top of my priority, which really sucks. Like, I really want to go see it and represent, you know? What, uh, if I may ask, what is it about Hobbs and Shaw that you just refuse to go see this film? It's the same thing where it's like you have to really prioritize the like 40 films that are in theaters right now, 30 films, whatever. And especially like for the show, I don't want to bring something that's super, super old um, unless I really have to. Like you brought Lion King, but it's like we had already talked about it. I know, but this (laughs) Hobbs and Shaw was a week. It was a week. I know. I know. But I really, I can't do it during the week because this is whole, it's a whole activity. I don't know how it is for you or for you guys listening. Um, but when I go to the movie theaters, like I have to schedule this in advance and I have to like get my ticket, put it in my calendar, add it to my Apple wallet. Then it's like, okay, so when am I going to eat? When am I going to get out? Like, does that work for my schedule that day? And it's a lot. So during the week, I tend to not go to the movies until like Thursday or Friday or Saturday can't really do it on Sundays because I'm, I'm busy. So I'm glad you really asked this question because I'm going to take like 10 minutes to answer. So Oof. that's why I have not been able to see Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> or Dora. I regret asking well, that question. Going back to Dora for one quick second. Um, our old producer of the box office breakdown, Tony B. Tone, mm-hmm. did go see it. No. And he Which, tweeted. Dora? Yes. He said, I got everything I expected out of the Dora movie within the first 10 minutes. Nickelodeon has a hit on their hands. Hmm. I don't why, know if that's a sarcasm or a straightforward, but. And that's why that's he's the former producer of this show. <laughs> Comments like that. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a head scratcher of a comment. Because, like, yeah. You don't want everything. You don't need it. Like, the first 10 minutes, you don't want to know everything that's going to happen. You got everything out of it. But do they have a hit on their hands? I guess so. I don't know. I mean, luckily they had a lot of international financing as well. So I think in terms of for Paramount, yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but in terms of making a sequel, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's still we'll still have to wait and see how the international box office does. I think that will tell the tale. Yeah, I like that they included Diego because Diego came along later. I remember watching Dora as a kid and being like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> and then they brought Diego and I was like, oh. And then that was after. I was, I was too old for that. 
I didn't really, yeah. So that would be interesting to see, like, how far they could take it. All right. Yeah. Uh, Coming in, that number five running out our top five is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood from Sony. Another $11.6 million to it. Uh, Still a great film. I feel like that's, if I, any any of these five films right now, that would be the one I'd want to go watch one more time in the theater. Oh, you'd watch it again? Yeah, I would watch it one more time. Okay. In theaters? Yeah. I would. You know, again, I don't know if I will, but I would. What is that? Sure. What does that really mean? Uh, yeah. It's a lot of lip service. Uh, we did have two more films that are coming out the, this past weekend that were vying for your box office vote for the box office bet. That was The Art of Racing in the Rain. That came in at number six. Did not crack our top five at 8.1. <sighs> and the film that we did do our box office bet, The Kitchen, with Melissa McCarthy, uh, Elizabeth Moss, and... Tiffany Haddish. Uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came in at number seven. With a five point five million dollar box office, now and, we, yeah, that makes me mad because five point five, five point five, yeah. And see, when I when I hear that number, like, of course, I'm like, hey, this is millions of dollars. That's still a good chunk, but in the grand scheme of things, not so hot. But you do have to admit, there's like a lot of movies that did come out at the same time. But when people hear five million dollars for the kitchen. Three women as, like, the leads. They're going to be like, oh, that's why we can't give women things. You know? And, like, that's so stupid to me. But, unfortunately, like, that's what I've been hearing. And it's like, <sighs> I I don't know. And I guess, like, if you don't go see it, you're part of the problem as well. But it's also one of those things where it's like, there's so many movies. Let's, can we, because sometimes there's weekends where you're like, there's nothing good to watch, nothing new. Let's space them out a little. Well, I mean, this is Melissa McCarthy's lowest opening box office film mm-hmm. behind happy time murders which surprised the heck out of me because that movie was a rough watch yeah. yeah so this one did even worse than that that uh, happy time did 9.5 this did 5.5 but when did it come out and what were the comp like the rest of the movies that came out at the same time yeah you know this one though uh, you know i'm not gonna blame it on just like oh because it was uh uh many women responsible yeah. for the film both on foot and behind the camera you know, I, I, you, I, I'm not going to say like, oh, well, that's why women should not be doing this. That's yeah. not true. It's just I give them great material to work with. There's only so much they can do. If the script is not great, it's, there's not a lot they can do to elevate that. And that was the case for this. It's a very cliche script, which is a shame. So I went and saw this and it was not, it was a rough, it was a rough watch. Cliche meaning like you knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, there was nothing really different. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen any sort of kind of mobster film. You know the beats that are happening in this yeah. movie. You know, it's just—it's it, a shame. It's just, it just—it was just beats that you've seen done better in other films, and you're watching this and you're thinking, "Wow, I would rather be watching any of those other films mm. than the film I'm currently in here." Like, oh yeah, that's from, you know, that's from Scarface, or oh, that's from Godfather. Oh, you know, gosh, that's a great movie. And then you're not, yeah, you know, it's like you're not even watching this film anymore. If okay, so the beats. Old, we've seen them before, but how did they do doing those beats that we've already seen? You know, it's uh, Tiffany Haddish. I mean, is she? I'm not the hugest fan of Tiffany Haddish, but uh, she plays a, a character at the beginning that uh, she is kind of an abusive relationship. Ooh. And then, you know, basically the idea is that they're all married to men that are in the mob, and then they get arrested and put in jail, and so they kind of step up to make sure everything's still running effectively. So she goes from abused wife to all of a sudden, you know, just I'm just like a hired Dan. I'm going to start kicking ass. So yeah. she goes into the murder game for for the mob, and you know, so you 
then you get to see the Tiffany Haddish that you know. Okay. From those films kind of stepping out. But, you know, this is, if you're not at, if you don't like Tiffany Haddish, I don't think this one's going to change your opinion of that. If you like Tiffany Haddish, yeah, I mean, and I you'll guess. you'll still support her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, before we got started on the show, a lot of people in the chat were like, yeah, did not like it. Did yeah. not like it. So, there's that. I mean, they can't all be winners. No, no, they can't so all be. So, that's all right. I mean, um, yeah, that's why there's only one film at the top of the box office. Exactly. Yeah. So, basically, if you have not seen The Kitchen yet and you're wondering, should I go see it? Don't waste your time. Wait till it comes on some streaming platform I mean, or un- comes on cable. Unless you like these ladies and want to support them. Yeah, but they're, you know, I'd rather go watch one of their old films and just enjoy that. Don't see this one. I mean, I know you want to support, but if you're not really enjoying them, why why do you want to watch somebody that you support doing, being in an awful product? Because you, you watch them and you're like, I like where you took that. And I like, um, how you portrayed that character. Hmm. Well, look at you. Always looking at the bright side. Yeah. There you go. That's why I'm cranky. Yeah, we gotta have this. You <laughs> there know? you go. Uh, so, folks, we did our box office bet on the kitchen. Uh, of course, yes, Amy and I, big winners, thirteen million dollars. I mean, we overshot Woo! the margins for sure. Yeah, but we still came in. Uh, the lovely and talented Bree, thirteen point two. Look, I told you last week it might hurt me or save me, but I had uh, that point two more faith than you guys did. I That's guess. true. Uh, yeah, she, but you still lost. So I, wow, wow. Is it a loss? Is it? <laughs> it Amy? is because you didn't win. But it. it Really, it's a win for women everywhere that I had more. <laughs> but it isn't because they only made five. So I can't. we won. <laughs> so, uh, But you know what? The box office bet train does not stop. That's right. All aboard for another bet. There's a chance for redemption for Brie. A chance for us to be on the bottom as well. No. Nah. No. All right. Somebody's very cocky <laughs> about her past performance this week when we really overshot it yeah. by like uh, $7.5 million. That is all right. That's us. But there are four films buying. Actually, you know what? We'll do five. We'll do five films buying from the airbox. See what I mean? How are we supposed to watch all these movies? Jeez, let's go. Uh, We've got the Angry Birds movie number two. There's a second one because you demanded it, Amy. Because you demanded it. That's a great game. Forty-seven meters down, uncaged. No. Oh no! No, you guys are gonna vote. Well, there you go. Guess Amy's kind of already set what we're going to be betting on. Nicely done, Amy. It's whatever. Great, yeah. It's too late now. Great poker face. You did so well last week. I know. So well. It's fine. Uh, Third, Blinded by the Light. No. (laughs) See? Now I'm going to say no to all of them. Uh, For Good Boys from Universal. Nah. And last, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Where did you go? I don't know. Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. She's trying to get her second act going. (sighs) What do you mean? That's the gist of the film. Oh, okay, yeah. Go. I thought you meant like her as an actress. I was like, no, no, no. She's still as a character in the film. Got it. Okay. So those are the five films vying for your vote there in the chat. So start voting away, and we will do our box office bet towards the end of the show. Uh, but we have some hot international numbers, though. So basically, <laughs> sizzling out, <laughs> sizzling out. Hobbs and Shaw put another sixty point eight million dollars in the tank during its second week at the international box office. Yay. So basically, its overseas totals now it stands at two hundred and twenty four point one million dollars, and its global total three hundred and thirty two point six million dollars. Whoa! Yeah, there you go. So overall, this is tracking in line with Fast and Furious Six, and about forty percent off Furious Seven and The Fate of the Furious. There you go. 
So, so by uh, way of comparison, although it was coming off a record opening during Easter 2017, The Fate of the Furious dipped by 60% in its second week in its international box office. So this is doing a little bit better. Yay! It's probably Still go see because it, you, of us. I will Not someday. because of you, I, because of me. Because, okay, you oh. and Bree. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, the Lion King, though, has now surpassed Beauty and the Beast as its highest-grossing Disney live-action release of all time with $1.335 billion globally. It's the number 12 film ever on the overall worldwide chart and the number two release of 2019. What? Really? Yeah. Uh, there you go. Interesting. And what do you think is the number one release? Endgame. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The lack of certainty on there is like. Mm. Uh, yeah. So uh, basically, now this uh, also Toy Story Four is nearing the one billion dollar global threshold. Yeah, yeah. With a total through Sunday of nine hundred and ninety million dollars. Nice. It opens in Germany this week and has Scandinavia to come. So it has now become the number eight animated movie ever worldwide. Wow. I can't imagine being in a country. Well, I mean, like we're pretty lucky here that most of the movies start here and then go somewhere else. Sometimes it does happen where they start somewhere else and then maybe like a week after they come to us. But imagine like hearing stuff about Toy Story Four and being like in Germany and being like, okay, like I want to see it already. No, it was one thing for like Endgame when it came over when it released in the UK just a couple of days before it came out here, yeah. and people were like, no, we got to stay off, we can't get yeah, spoilers. Yeah. But imagine when you've got months before between the release comes to your country, You're like. It is hard to stay spoiler-free in those situations. It's dangerous. Um, I do want to know from you guys, where where do you watch us from? Leave us a comment down below. (laughs) Thank you. And Amy has a little map in her home, and she will pin it all out. Yep. There you go. Full circle moment. You still won't go see that film, though. I will, though. You won't. Which will you see first, Hobbs and Shaw or Dora? Dora. Oh. All right. If you say so. All right. Well, it still seems like a... Weak thing, but okay. Well, whatever. Whatever. Okay. Uh, so, folks, uh, before we have a, head on to next week's prognostications for the box office as well as our box office bet, we like to do a little box office rewind <laughs> about usually a person or uh, a person or a franchise. Uh, this time, yeah. we're going to be looking at a producer, Seth Brogan, and uh, instead of looking at him as an actor or director. We'll be looking at him as a producer. Nice. Producer. Producer. Yes, the lovely and talented Seth Rogen. His top five films there at the box office. Coming to number five was Knocked Up, which hey. he executive produced. That made $30.6 million back in 2007. That was actually really fun. You know, when was the last time you ever watched that movie? When did it come out? 2007. Okay, so maybe like 2013, 2014. Yeah, I, again, I, I guess it, it, your mileage may vary on how you feel about Katherine Heigl. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah. So her in that film is just oof, kind of rough parts of that film to me to watch. Yeah, actually, maybe I saw it a little sooner than that, or um, earlier than that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that everyone had very strong feelings about Katherine Heigl. So when I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is cool. It's certainly like well, Catherine way- Heigl also, like just completely smashes this movie like she just trashes it all the time well yes. not maybe anymore but she did like talking about it like mm-hmm. she said she wished she'd never done it and that it was terribly written and that it's against women and like she made this huge huge blow up about it which is like why did you accept it if that's how you felt i mean i guess for her at the time it was a job you know 
Like, I don't... Uh, this must have been after Grey's Anatomy, so... Uh, I, mean, right? I think at the time when she was doing Grey's, and I think this kind of led up to the idea of like, hey, I'm going to leave Grey's and kinda, yeah, like, I'm becoming a movie star. Yeah. And then she did a bunch of really not great films. I mean, there's a lot of movies and shows out there that just, they don't age well, you know, where you're like, wow, can't believe people got away with saying that. But when it came out, when that was going on, when I saw it, I was like, this is, I thought it was going to be way just like raunchy, like unnecessarily raunchy. Kind of like Zach and Mary make a porno. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit of heart there. And you're like, hey, that's surprising. Thanks for that. So. <laughs> Thanks, Chet Apatow. Thanks. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Uh, coming to number four, Super Bad, which he also executive produced. Oh, yeah. Uh, back in 2007, uh, $33,052 million. So just not edged out, knocked up. That was pretty fun. Yeah. You know, that is a movie I didn't watch in a long time. So yeah. it'd be curious to see if I still enjoy it much. And with the release of Good Boys this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Curious to see how that compares to Superbad. You know, I've actually seen Superbad twice. Because I, the second time I started, I was like, I can't remember if I've seen it before. And then as I was watching, I was like, I have seen this before. It's, it's just as fun. How long did it take you to realize, like, oh, I have seen this before? Like 15 minutes. Before the end of the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, I have seen this. Wait, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, coming to number three, The Green Hornet from Sony back in 2011. That made $33.5 million. Not a great movie. I haven't seen it. It's not. It's not. I was excited when they announced it. And there were some speculations like, oh, Seth's kind of a you know, huskier guy. You know, The Green Hornet's supposed to be this cool action hero. How's he going to be? Um, not quite as extreme as I feel like Michael Keaton and Batman in terms of the reaction. Mm-hmm. But there still was like some concern about how he would be approaching this. And I was like, hey, let's, let's see what this is like. I kind of said, I like Seth Rogen. I just felt like this film in and of itself just never, it never quite found its stride. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just kind of a mess of a movie. It, was, it really stung. That's right. There you go. I had to watch it with my EpiPen. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> uh, coming to number two, Sausage Party from Sony, the animated film, back in 2016. 34.2. I have not seen this movie. Oh, my God. Gosh, you have not seen Sausage Party. I've not seen Sausage Party. You don't Party. need to, Frank. You don't um, need to. You know what? No, I think you should. Because if I had to see that with my eyes, I think you should see it. All right. Most definitely. I would go check it out and just, you know, see food that, you know, is being eaten and realize, like, wait, is this it, our life? It's, um, it's not at it, all what you think it is. Just, just know that, Frank. All right. I just... I have never felt so uncomfortable in a movie theater before. Really? With so many people around me. It was just like... Whoa! <laughs> it's an experience, though. So that's cool. uh, it's something. Well, why don't we do a box office breakdown watch along <laughs> oh, no. of Sausage Party? Heck no! Yeah, uh-uh. we'll stream it live and just see how uncomfortable you get during the during this film. You know, if we get uh, what seventy five likes on this video, yeah. then okay. All right, ooh, ooh. seventy five. That's it, seventy five likes, folks. And you can see Amy Cassandra Martinez look incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> watching Sausage Party. I would love to see that, and I know you would as well. So hit that like button. Or like whatever. No. You know, just comment. You can also just comment. Oh, those count but as no, well. Like, no, no, they don't count. You can just like interact with us in the comments. You don't need to give it a thumbs up if you don't want to see no, us no. react to but it. Yes, of course. I w- oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. Sausage Party. Let's make this happen, folks. Uh, and coming in at number one here for Seth Rogen's produced films was Neighbors, back uh, from Universal in 2014, $49 million. I freaking love Neighbors. Yeah, you know, I remember thinking it was better than it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
Leslie Mann was in it, no? Uh, no, it's no? Uh, Emily... Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. Right. I, okay, I love both of them equally, and I know they're different people, but sometimes I get them confused. Wait, uh, wait Leslie Mann and Emily... Uh, Rose, and Rose Byrne? Byrne. <laughs> you get the two of them confused? I could see, like, Emily Blunt and Rose Byrne more than I could see... Emily Blunt and Rose Byrne? I could see getting them confused more than no, Leslie Mann. No, I know Rose Leslie Byrne. Mann and Rose Byrne do not look alike at all, but it's the kind of movies that they do yeah. and the kind of roles they're given. I love both of them equally, separately, but yes, Rose Byrne is fantastic in Neighbors. All right. Uh, so yes, that was our little box office rewind there. Uh, so folks, we're going to do our uh, next week's top five there. Uh, what we think that run is going to be. But in the meantime, keep voting in the chat for which of those five films that you'd like us to do the box office bet on. Just Again, so Amy that, knows it does look like forty-seven meters right now. So there you it's go, like, Amy. Whatever. I don't you care. I don't want to see any of these movies. They're all awful. Ugh. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. They're all just who cares. All right. So uh, all those entering in, we've got Angry Birds two coming in at thirty-five hundred screens. <laughs> 47 meters down on 3,600 plus. Whatever. Blinded by the Light on 2,000. Uh, Good Boys on 3,000. Uh, and Where'd You Go, Bernadette on 2,300. Uh, Do you see any of those taking the top spot? <sighs> no? I'm not sure. I'm very confused right now with the way that our... Um, that audiences are reacting to movies. Um, you know, I mean, I could see. I mean, thirty six hundred screens down on forty seven meters down. I feel like they're really. I mean, the fact that there's not really a big scare movie going on I, right now. I, I mean, scary stories to tell in the dark, but this is a little bit more vicious. A little bit more like, yeah, I want to see some. You haven't seen scary stories. You don't know if it's vicious or not. And trust me, it is. I know, but it's, it's still PG thirteen. I mean, you can get crazy with PG thirteen. All right. Uh, I, you know, there's been a lot of marketing for good boys, at least. I would love for that to be number one. Okay. I'd be down for that. So then, well, let, let's do it then. This is our list, so we could do it. Exactly. Right? Okay. So I say good boys first. Okay. Then, uh, 12. Um, then, um, ah, fine. 47 meters down. Okay. Then, Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Then Angry Birds 2, simply because of that theater count. Yes. And then rounding up out the top five, five, five. Where'd you go? Oh, no. Yeah. Really? You're going to go with Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Sure. Really? I'm going to stick with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. I don't know, but there's, like, nothing for, like, people that want something... With Kate Blanchett in it. <laughs> so that's the that's only right. one. That's why it's coming out this week, because we knew this was a week. This, you know, you know, you yeah. get like the middle of August, you're like, man, what about those Kate Blanchett people? I mean, they've gone all summer. When they haven't had any Kate. Exactly. Let's get her in. Wait, this is last, do... time, last time I saw her was Ocean's 8. Oof. Right? Yeah. yeah. Ex- hey. Wash that out of my eyes. Her outfits were amazing in that movie. Yeah, but, you know, there was that terrible scene. Like, there's yeah. so many plot holes in that movie. Whatever. It's not that bad. So, so you is. guys, her fan club, her massive fan club will That's go. right. Yeah, oh. they're, they're all going to be there. I love it. The Kate Blanchett fans. August, mid-August is for you. <laughs> uh, so, all right. That's going to be our top five uh, of next week. But now we got to do our box office bet. And we see all those votes going on. While we kind of tally up the votes... 
I'll just let you know again, if you're joining us for the first time, what the box office bet is. You will vote on the films that we've chosen here in the chat of the films that are being released this next week. You'll pick one of those. Whichever one has the highest votes, we will do the bet on. And the bet is whoever gets closest to the actual opening gross for that domestic gross of that film gets to be the prognosticator of prognosticators. The loser will have to go see that film and then tell us all about it, which is sometimes harsh. And sometimes you see the film that you even won and you still see the movie like The Kitchen and you're like, why did I waste that hour and 40 minutes of my life? you got to have faith, you know? Thanks, you got to have faith, faith, faith. All right. So, Bree, does it look like anything has changed from um, 47 yeah, meters I'm down? I'm trying to see. It, it might be either that Good Boys won or that there's a tie between Good Boys and 47 meters. If the chat oh. can help me out. Oh. I know. That's I, what it, I can't really. I think I think Good Boys just took over. Oh. So let's go with Good Boys. Good boys, right there from Universal is Pictures. Is that what we're like really going for? That's like really that's going? our final one. That is our final one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> three thousand, okay. three thousand screens there. It's cool. All right. So My hands got clammy. I'm so stressed out. Okay. Uh, we said that would be our number one. That's true. We did say that. So, uh, real quick, I just wanted, just for curiosity's sake. Superbad? Uh, yeah, I just want to see, double check what that did. Opening box office weekend there. Superbad, its opening weekend did $33 million, again, since we had that on there. So 33 and 07. Yes. I I mean, I. No, why are we talking numbers? Yeah, no, this no, is, this no is, like, continue. No, Talk no, it out. No. It'll I'm help you. No, it won't help me out at all. <laughs> so, folks, we're going to be doing this sweet little bet. Uh, Amy, Bree, and myself. Ooh, there we go. Mmm. Oh, this is going to be good. Good boys. You're such good boys. <laughs> Jay is saying, say, what? Jay is saying 47. Oh. Uh, right. Okay. All right. Good boys. Good boys. Good boys. Good boys. I mean, I feel like uh, every trailer I've seen has made me excited to see the movie. I'm trying to read the number from your eyes. <laughs> I, think, I mean, have you seen the trailers? Have you been. I ha- I have seen so many trailers of Good Boys, yeah. They, they but, just keep, like, it's cool, it's cool, but it's also like, whoa, slow down with the marketing. But, like, I understand what you're doing. Do you worry that the best things you've seen are in the trailers, and when you go watch the film, you're going to be like, oh, all uh, right, that's it? I don't think so. I think a good chunk of the things are in the trailer. I don't think everything is. But there's certainly, especially, like, the second version, I'm like, yeah, there's more jokes in there. Please don't tell me about I, I find it is tough when you have red band trailers because I feel like that's yeah. going to show you like the stuff that you would ordinarily never see until you went into the theater. But they're still trying to entice you by showing that, hey, this is really crazy. Check it out. Yeah. And then I feel like when you see the red band, you go to the film, you're like, oh, yeah. Come on, like why? I've already seen this stuff. Yeah. And usually the way you've seen it cut in the trailer, you're expecting it to land. Exactly. Like that. And when Ex- it doesn't in the film, you're like, oh, that wasn't as funny. Yeah. There's some moments with the swing. <laughs> In the trailer. Yeah. The delivery, the girl's delivery is just always perfect. <laughs> that I think about that moment after. I'm like, yeah, that's that's going to be good. Oh, all yeah. right. Uh, I got to type in a number here real quick because I've got to win this. I've, I've got to win this. You, uh... Yeah, see, I had a number and then I was like, no. Right. And then I changed it and I went back to my original. So. Oh, I like that. Bree, do you, are you good Game to go? Weird. Yes, I think so. I, I'm I'm going to go with the number that's in my head, and it might be wrong. But. Oh, I like it. I, she's got the courage of her convictions. I love it. Uh, I, uh, sneak peek, is there a decimal point? 
Um, I can make one. <laughs> you don't have to if you don't want to. Just I didn't curious. have one originally, but I can, I can put one in there if you want me to. No, 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 no. It's, it's uh, just saying if I, well, it's too late. I've already written my number down. I'm going to stick with it, but go for it, Brie. What do you got? I'm going to go with 22. Oh, all right. Man, Brie. All right. I like it. Not going where I was expecting. I like it. Where did you think I was going? I thought you were going to be going higher. I, I just, there's so much coming out this weekend, so I just feel like people might be split, but I do think this one will probably make the most, but I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Oh, all right. Uh, Amy, you have a little shocked look on your face and a little, little frown. I'm scared. Okay. I don't want to lose. All right. Jesus. 43. Oh, Amy. All right. 43. Oh, man. I'm right there in the middle. 35. Feeling good. Feeling very good. I feel whatever. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's okay. I'm going to be confident that what I chose is going to um, be great. So Okay. Well, that's very, very kind <laughs> of you there. Uh, now, folks, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, uh, you know, we already I did some spoiler stuff about the kitchen. I really have nothing more to say about that. Yeah. So we'll skip the spoiler part of that. Yeah. And then we talked about The Lion King. But the one thing we want to make sure you do more than anything is make sure you give this video 75 likes. So we can do that special box office breakdown watch along of Sausage Party with Amy and myself, just so we can see how excited Amy is to see this film again. Yeah. I mean, it would be a popcorn talk exclusive. <laughs> That's right, exclusive. So. Uh, now, speaking of popcorn talk, though, I mean, folks, it's not just box office breakdown. Uh, we love that you tune in every single week here as we, we talk about the box office results. We do mm-hmm. our bets. Uh, we get silly about movies that are out currently. Give our spoiler-filled thoughts about them as well. Really hype up watching a sausage party watch along, you know. Ooh. But there's also another show here on the network that, if you're w- interested in films, you should check it out. It's called Meet the Movie Press. Ah, there you go. Yeah. It's hosted by Forbes reporter Simon Thompson and the other renowned LA critics like Scott Menzel, Dimitri Panos, and others to talk about the big stories in the movie news. Nice. So you can check out Meet the Movie Press every Friday at nine o'clock Pacific time, noon Easter time. So. Thanks for listening. That's awesome. There you go. Always lots of stuff for you guys. And folks, that's going to bring it down to the end of this episode of Box Office Breakdown. So as always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, give it a thumbs up while you're there, two, three, or four, or five, or six. And folks, if you're streaming, watching this after we stream live, Amy, what can they do? Comment down below. Ah, and if you want to stay in touch with any of us after the show is over, Brie, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Brie, B-R-I underscore Phipps, P-H-I-P-P-S. And you guys can find me on all social media at Amy Cassandra M T Z. Oh boy, I saw that big wind up. That was like, <laughs> it was coming. Uh, folks, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. We'll see you back here next Sunday with an all new episode of Box Office Breakdown. Make sure you do seventy five likes for that sausage party Go and watch along. Watch good we'll boys. See you next week. <laughs> Bye everybody. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.